Welcome to another episode of the Find You Fitness Podcast. I'm Lee Pinkham, and I created this podcast roughly two years ago in hopes that I could help spread genuine, valuable information to help others become a healthier and happier version of themselves. <laughs> I know starting a podcast is pretty typical of a 20-something-year-old nowadays, but I don't give a shit. So I realized that, though, when I was getting into fitness in my late teens, that I was misled by so many articles on the internet and people who were absolutely positive that they were correct on how to get stronger or eat healthier or whatever. Through a lot of trial and error, mostly on myself, I figured out what worked best. And then as an eager and young personal trainer coming hot out of college, I was ready to help others by utilizing those protocols and strategies that worked for me on my clients. But very quickly, I realized that this whole health and fitness thing, it doesn't work like that. To truly conquer your health and fitness journey, you have to find what works best for you. Hence the name of the podcast, Find You Fitness. And that's what this podcast is all about. I know that there's a ton of health and fitness podcasts out there, and I know that my audience isn't the largest, but I know I'm coming from a genuine place with giving advice and that I will not lead you astray. And to be honest, that is very fulfilling to me because I absolutely love helping people develop and maintain a new and a healthy perspective on health and fitness. So if this episode in particular or just the podcast as a whole does resonate with you or just you trust me enough to give advice to a family member or a friend, send them my way via the podcast or if they have some general questions about their fitness journey, I guarantee you I recorded a podcast on it. And if not, I will. It's a lot to take in without a doubt, but that's why I do this, to try to break it down for you. So I hope you guys enjoy today's podcast on supplements. You know, I wanted to take a few minutes and talk about some analytics of the podcast. I've been I've been looking around a lot lately, and the fitness realm is such an interesting place. Uh, full transparency here. So I was scrolling through the analytics of all 96 episodes of the Find You Fitness podcast so far, just like seeing which ones had the most listens, and I was like sort of shocked by the results, but then at the same time, like I wasn't. So the most popular episode that I have so far was number 13. It's how to put on size, hard gainers, mass gainers, and more, with 171 listens. And it also which is, this is kind of weird, but it peaked around April of 2021, like this year, even though I recorded it in like early 2019. And to be honest, I have like no idea how it did that. I don't know the algorithm. I don't know how it works. I don't know if it was like popping up on explore pages. No idea. And just kind of scrolling some more, it, it was pretty obvious. If I talked about nutrition or supplements, it's easily like easily 100 plus listeners. But if I talk about like, I don't know, some critical training principles or something, it's like, it's bad. And I I get it. It's like I talked about a few weeks ago in episode 94 about the delivery. The shiny stuff that seems to speed up the process to achieve a goal is always going to be more intriguing. And when I was first into fitness, I, I was like that as well. Just over time, I realized that the shiny stuff I wanted to touch, I probably shouldn't. And it ended up like, hardly ever being worth it anyways. But at the same time, topics like today need to be talked about more often. And I think people like me should be the ones talking about them. I just think that 
they're not on the like at the forefront of my mind because like most of these products I'm going to talk about today are not a necessity for most of you. But like I said, it's shiny. People want to grab it. And in fact, if you look at the intro of the podcast today, one of these supplements I take religiously, two of these supplements I take every now and then, and the other two I like used to take because I probably listened to some podcast tell me about how I should take them or I read it on bodybuilding.com or whatever the reason may be. But then I quit when I realized how worthless they were. And so take a second and look at the intro and take some guesses. See uh, which is which. But before we do that, before we get into the supplement talk, I need you to, to understand the idea behind these supplements. I know you want to get bigger and stronger, quicker ideally, but I promise you it does not work like that. And I know that's probably not what you wanted to hear, but I'm not going to lie to you for the sake of a podcast share or some brownie points. I just, I, I can't do that. You don't have to take any supplements to get bigger and stronger. In fact, any supplements should be only taken in addition to maximizing what I call the big rocks. Your diet, your exercise regimen, sleep and recovery, and mental health. And I think we start to see like two different groups of people here. People that just don't care about diet or sleep or their mental health and just exercise really hard every day. And then people who do like pretty good with diet, exercise, recovery, and their health but could be doing better. And these are like those people that work out five to six days a week for sure, but they'll easily turn like a five sets of five bench press day into like a max out day with their buddy because, you know, they're just feeling it, right? And they just like won't follow programming like it's intended to. You're going to see gains for sure, but even more if you just stay consistent with your training cycle. Or if you're like someone you're good with nutrition like five days a week, but then by Friday night, and the weekend you're like completely off the rails. I'm now I'm not going to say I'm not going to sit here and say that you have to be perfect every waking moment of every waking day, but if you're looking for a supplement to take, but you drink like two nights a week, maybe three, and eat hungry howies pizza, if you don't know what that is, you should, at 2 a.m. on the weekend, you'd be better off by just like cutting that crap out and then adding some supplement Sorry, you'd be better off cutting that crap out than adding some supplements to your plate, for sure. So that's my disclaimer for today. And as far as supplements go, let's start with the crappy ones. So if I said BCAAs, creatine, protein powders, which of those do you think would be the crappiest ones? Um, well, I'm going to say BCAAs, for sure. Uh, and fat burners too. We got to throw that one in there as well. Anything like this. I used to take BCAAs because uh, Christian Guzman did. Man, that's a throwback if I've ever heard one. So I, when I was in bodybuilding and back, I wasn't like a bodybuilder, but that's how I trained. I love Christian Guzman. He's the guy that started Alphalete, bought all his clothes, all this and that. Uh, he's a sharp looking guy, but like I liked, I liked what he did. I liked his lifestyle. He was really strong, shredded. Um, and I started taking BCAs because he did. He wasn't like promoting them. I guess he kind of was, but he just said, hey, I take these. And then he got sponsored by some companies. So then he was like, yeah, I really take these because, you know, he gets money from that. But I never really knew why to take them. If I'm being 100% transparent, I just knew people did and they were strong. So that was enough to convince me, which is really the problem for a lot of things. But it seems to me that the consensus on BCAs nowadays is that 
it's only necessary to take if you're struggling a lot to get your protein intake. And most likely, if you're looking to take BCAAs, fingers crossed you already know what your nutrition looks like and that you're consuming enough protein already. So hence, you probably won't need it. So I know the BCAs in there are uh, leucine, isoleucine, and, and, and valine, or valine, and they are essential because, well, I just took my biochemistry part one boards exam a few months ago, and I had to know that they were essential. <laughs> essential. And essential means that they need to be consumed in the diet. And those three are in a lot of proteins that we consume already. So it makes sense like why we don't really need it unless we severely struggle to consume it in our diets. Uh, fat burners, that's another crappy one. I, I really shouldn't even have to talk about these, but unfortunately, people buy these, especially if they're trying to burn some fat. Man, it's just, just eating a calorie deficit. Just eat healthier. Just move a little bit. I guarantee you weight's going to come off. It's, it's not rocket science, but we make it out to be rocket science. And I don't know why I ever, man, I can't, can't believe I'm telling you guys this. I actually bought some a long time ago. I mean, this was like years ago. I've never, ever needed to really shred, shed any weight in general. But for whatever reason, I bought some. Uh, they were probably Muscle Farm. That was pretty much the only product I bought. So stupid, honestly. Uh, it also like blew up my stomach. I was like shitting everywhere. It was, it was horrific. Uh, you don't even want to think about that. But this one should be pretty self-explanatory. No matter what like the bullshit research is behind it, please, for the love of God, save your money. If you want to lose fat, it's going to have to come from your diet and training. I, I'm sorry. I, I wish it didn't have to be that way. I wish you could. Well, I don't even actually. I don't wish you could just take a pill and get better because you won't like respect and, and understand how hard you had to work to accomplish that goal. I think that's kind of part of the journey in general. But if you think it's going to help you, if you think that you it will help you spot reduce fat, uh, you're wrong. So I know I'm going to sound like a broken record here, but a lot of these things can just be addressed by maximizing those big rocks, rocks that I mentioned earlier. Now, let's go to supplements that I do currently own, protein powders and pre-workout. Now, let's talk about the pre-workout first because people are like really back and forth on the pre-workout stuff. So I have some, but I use it very sparingly. And I used to take it every day years ago, but not really so much anymore. And I have some for like the days when I just need some pick-me-up in the afternoon before training. So I do CrossFit, and, and I, I try not to take too much because it's not really beneficial at all to what I do in CrossFit. I don't really need my heart rate jacked up from the caffeine and the pre-workout, only to jack up my heart rate even more in a Metcon. It doesn't really make a lot of sense, but sometimes life is pretty tough, and I need some, some pick-me-up. You know, I'm a full-time chiropractic student. I have eight hours of class a day. It's going to drain you. Uh, if I find myself taking it every single day, I'd have an issue elsewhere that I'm probably not addressing, like maybe my sleep, uh, recovery, nutrition, maybe I'm overtraining. Um, and that's how I would suggest that you look at your pre-workout intake as well. Um, I do drink coffee every day, and that's an amazing pre-workout. So if I train in the morning, coffee is my pre-workout. If you're someone who takes pre every single day, I would suggest that you just take a step back and you ask yourself like why you're taking it every day and do you need it every day? 
And if you can maximize something else, maybe like your sleep, so just go to bed earlier, turn your phone off earlier, whatever the case may be, that way you don't feel like you have to take the pre-workout as much. Or if it's just like the tingles that you like, if you like, so pre-workout, if you don't know, it's got a product product in it called beta alanine and beta alanine is what gives you like the tingles. So people talk about like their face itches when they take pre-workout, sounds really bad. It actually feels pretty awesome. But maybe just ditch all that caffeine and take a beta alanine supplement by itself. That's going to give you the tingles if that's what you're after. And you can honestly buy massive bags of those on Amazon for pretty, pretty cheap. So for protein powder, um, I use it if I know that I'm going to need some more protein for the day. So for example, some days I'll eat like two turkey burgers for dinner. Well, I know that's already like 60-ish grams of protein, and I'm already eating around my body weight in grams of protein every day, which is around, man, I I guess I do weigh like 210 now. I'm I'm usually sitting around 200 uh, grams of protein, and so like that 60 grams usually at the end of the day is just puts me right within like that that range of 200. Uh, So I don't need to take a protein powder that day. And if I ate one turkey burger and I was at 160 or 170 grams of protein, well, to be honest, I'd probably be fine. I wouldn't be like, man, I've got to get to 200 because I need to consume my body weight in grams of protein, which they're pretty much saying nowadays that you really only need to consume 0.8 to 1 gram per pound of body weight in protein. But, you know, let's say I was like really stuck on the number 200. Well, I used to be, but nowadays I'm not. So if I hit 170 grams of protein, I probably wouldn't take that protein supplement that day and just kind of chalk it up to, well, hey, I was short on protein. Um, But if I wanted to or I feel like I needed it, that's when I would use the protein powder. But like, uh, like for today, I know I need to, and today I need to go to the grocery store and it may be 530 right now and I'm maybe drinking a cup of coffee and giving you advice on how you should not drink coffee late at night if you need to take pre-workout the next day, but whatever, okay? I'm not perfect. Lay, lay off of me for a little bit. But I'm not going to be able to go today, so I'm going to take a scoop of uh, protein powder, let's say, to make up for that last, you know, 30 grams of protein to get to 170 because I didn't eat any turkey burgers today. Understand that I'm not like replacing my meals with protein powders because that's really not the move either. I'm just trying to hit my range of grams of protein for the day and I'm still going to fulfill my total calories for the day just kind of adding in a protein shake to help. I mean, it it is a supplement. Last but certainly not least, creatine. Creatine monohydrate is the most researched supplement on the market and it's the one I take every single day. But as the theme for the podcast today goes, it's only worth it if you're maximizing the big rocks. Creatine basically helps you recruit a little bit more of what's called ATP, which is going to help you produce a little bit more energy and it's going to help like uh, anaerobic type movements like sprints, weightlifting, etc. Basically helping you squeeze out like one or two more heavy reps, maybe sprint a little harder just for like a little bit longer, things like that. And so our bodies actually produce around like one gram of protein a day, but studies show that we can benefit with up to five. And there's like a lot of hype, at least there used to be, um, around loading your creatine, which means like taking 10 grams a day for the first few weeks and like getting this massive load on creatine. I didn't really understand the process behind it, Uh, but full transparency, I did it and 
the word nowadays seems to say that it's not necessary to do so. And if I had to do it all over again, like taking creatine for the first time, I wouldn't do it. Uh, There's just no bad results either way. It just honestly would have saved me some creatine because they say after five grams, uh, it's all excreted anyways. Like if you take more than that, it just kind of gets excreted uh, through the body. But the, the main thing with creatine is that you have to consume enough water. Again, if you're interested in taking creatine, you better already be maximizing your nutrition, which does include your water intake as well. So it shouldn't technically be a problem for you. And there's also this theory out there that if it's, it's all water weight and you'll shrink when you get off of it. But that's just a bunch of BS from what I gather as well. And I've actually cycled on and off creatine. And that's probably something worth talking about as well a little bit. Like people say you need to cycle on and off pre-workout and creatine. Cycling off pre-workout is basically for the reasons that I mentioned above. You really shouldn't be addicted to it. You shouldn't need it every single day. Uh, If you find that you do, then yeah, you need to cycle off of it. But maybe if you just in general use it more sparingly and maybe when you actually need a little pick-me-up instead of just religiously taking it every single day, maybe you wouldn't have to cycle off of it. Uh, Creatine, I've kind of been experimenting this uh, for myself and cycling on and off creatine basically just at different times of my training cycles and seeing what I feel like works best and to be honest I don't really notice the difference when I cycle off so I don't I'm not losing water weight I don't believe that I don't feel like I have to take creatine to maintain my certain like my my current like physique and aesthetics but I do enjoy taking it, and I believe that there's a good reason and why I do take it. So I've covered a lot today, and another disclaimer I want to add in here is going to be about where you buy your supplements from. Supplements are not regulated by the FDA, meaning that they don't have a screening process to show how accurate their labels are in regards to the products inside, meaning that they can theoretically lie about what's in the supplement that you're taking. Now, there are third-party testers out there, and one that I've always used is called labdoor.com, L-A-B-D-O-O-R.com. Now, with Labdoor, I brought this up to uh, my nutrition professor here at school, just trying to, like, one day we had, like, an open Q&A, and I said, hey, like, what do you think about Labdoor? Uh, Basically, kind of thinking that I thought it was good already. And just kind of wanted to get that like reassurance. And he just absolutely shat on Labdoor, saying that it's not actual third-party testers, which basically means that their research could be influenced by other companies. And I don't know. I'm not for sure if I agree with that, uh, with what he said. I believe that it's truly third-party tested. Uh, but it is what it is. Um, so kind of at your own, uh, you know, use at your your own will, I guess I should say. Uh, But I do use it for all of my supplements, and I believe that I have some of the cleanest ones on the market for the price that they offer. Now, there's always going to be supplements that cost you out the ass to get. Um, So Labdoor will basically give it a score based off of label accuracy, based off of uh, the products inside of it. If there's any that have any dangerous like metals in it or whatever the case may be, it will rate it very low because you shouldn't be consuming things like that. And I basically get one, the highest one that I see that I think the price is reasonable. Um, And that's basically for 
creatine and protein uh, powder, and even pre-workout. The creatine I use is from bulk supplements. The protein I use is from my protein, I believe. Uh, and I just think it's very quality stuff. And I like to put quality things in my body. So my advice on the on the site, use it, you know, use it and then probably do some secondary research as well just to make sure everything that they're sharing is valid and you feel like you're buying a legitimate product. All right, I probably shouldn't have drank that coffee before I recorded that. I'm not for sure if I even took a breath in the past 20 minutes, but it's okay. I think I think I, there's still some good information out there you'll be able to pull out. A few things, hopefully. Uh, if you guys like the podcast today, share it with some friends and family. We are on 97 now, so we're getting up there. We're almost at 100, and I've got some I've got some big news coming up at 100, and I'm excited to share it with you guys and, and see where things go with that. Other than that, I hope you guys have a fantastic rest of your Friday. Hopefully, you're listening to it the day it airs, the second it does. If not, that's fine. Um, I will catch you all next week.